What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They're a recording artist and a cast member of the new show, My Lifestyle, from K-Visual on YouTube. And I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Dea Carter. How are you? I am so glad to be here. I'm super excited for this moment. I'm glad to finally be able to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course. I'm glad you were able to make some time for me in your schedule. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. And that introduction was amazing. I'm going to have to record that and put it on the beginning of a song or something. You can have it, child. Not 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 now, if, if you need me to do my Charlemagne drop, you know, I'll, you know, jump in and do a whole thing for you now. Let's yes. know I'll write something for you, child. I am here for all of that. We, we, we are here for the children now. <laughs> now tell me, what are you most looking forward to from this year? Um, I, you know, I have done a lot over the past couple of years. Of course, music is my passion. Um, and so everybody will automatically assume I want to blow up, I want to be famous for my music. But really, I want my music to grow so I can have a bigger platform. Like, I just feel like everybody in the media, in our community, the LGBTQ+, they're in the light for a lot of negative reasons. Um, I want to be in the light to show the little black gay boys you don't have to be one way to be accepted in our community. You don't have to be super feminine. You don't have to be super masculine. You don't have to have a 12 pack. You don't have to, you know, have sex to get famous in the LGBT community. Because that's a lot of times, that a lot of times that's what they show us as in the media. Like the side person or, you know, the gay boys only like DL men. No, it's some of us out here who are really just regular, simple people like, me on stage is one person and I really enjoy filming my lifestyle because it showed me on stage and me off stage. And I want mm-hmm. to continue to show that to the world because I don't feel like we have enough people in our community showing that everybody in the LGBTQ plus is not extra flamboyant. And the only, the simple things that they show about us, you know? Of course, I totally dig that. 
Thank what do you, you think you're, of course, what do you think you're most excited about leaving behind in 2022? Oh, can I cuss on him? <laughs> Please and thank you. We encourage that. Niggas, I'm leaving niggas in 2022. <laughs> like, this year I'm focused on myself, my career, and um, you got to see a little bit of my children on my lifestyle. I'm focused on my kids too. Like, we all have different avenues that we are trying to literally take over. And I feel like this year I have a lot of, I have a lot more tools than I had in 2022. And so I'm not gonna let boys distract me because boys are a distraction. Like, you're not fuck niggas, get money. Period. Period. Okay. <laughs> Now, for the children who don't know, mm -hmm. tell my audience, who is Daya Carter? I am a singer, a songwriter, a stage coach, and actor, a mother to all the girls in the community. Um, I'm a lover. I am a cook. I'm an artist. I'm a dreamer. Um, and I'm a damn fool, to be completely honest. Like, I'm funny <laughs> as hell, and I also don't play. So every type of fool there is, it's a little bit of that fool in me. I am a goddamn fool. <laughs> okay, so when did you fall in love with reality TV? Uh, you know, I honestly, I don't really watch TV like that because I... just like with our community, being in the Black community, a lot of times reality TV has Black people acting crazy. Mm -hmm. and. I did so good this whole season, eight episodes in, because it was a lot of times. I could have lost my mind on camera, but I'm just so big on, I'm not gonna look a fool on TV. Now, I don't know what's gonna happen in tonight's episode that's going to air in about two hours, but I did <laughs> so good this season not showing my ass on camera. So to answer your question, I don't really watch reality TV and I fell in love with it this past year as we were filming this show, like getting to know Kel and the rest of the cast and the pressure of making sure I always look like something on TV. <laughs> I fell in love with the moment. And it honestly made me go back and watch other shows as I prepare um, for future endeavors in front of the camera as well. So it, I would say it happened in the past couple of months. Okay, nice. What do you think, um... What were some of the shows that you started watching in your preparation process for your next elevation in TV? Um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And these aren't shows that I'm, I necessarily like or love, but these are shows that I felt were good Research quality. purposes. Right, exactly, doing my homework. Um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, of course, one of the, the big ones for us. I've tried very hard to stay away from the love and hip hops. Um, no shade <laughs> to them. I just, I know that is not how I want my show to be ran when the time comes. So I've, I've tried to stay away from the love and hip hops. Um, I watched the Bad Boys Club, some of that. Um, Big Lex, Baggies Collection. I watched some of her show. Um, there's a few more. I, I went back and watched Life is But a Dream by Beyonce. I went back and watched the making <laughs> of The Gift, um, Nicki Minaj, My Time, Now. Just like different little things on the internet to just kind of pull inspiration from, see what other people did, see what worked, see what didn't work, um, so. Okay. 
I actually may have some suggestions for you. Okay. Um, but I'll send you those later. Okay. Let's cool. go back Definitely a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's go back a little bit because before we get into reality TV, I kind of want to get to know you better. When did you discover music? Um, music has been in my life all of my life. My mom was a champagne dancer, dancer at South Carolina State University. Um, nice. My dad was a star athlete, and they say most athletes are stars because they know how to dance. And so, like, I grew up, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I in the living room on Friday nights, dancing to everything from Destiny's Child to the Isley Brothers to R. Kelly to Dolly Parton. Like, I've always loved music and loved entertaining. I love that. Now, when did you discover your voice? Mm, well, I used to sing in the choir at church. I feel like that's everybody's story. I'm about to start lying. But honestly, <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to sing in the choir. And it was just, like I said, I never, it's crazy because I've always been myself. Like I never had a DL phase where I pretended to be this masculine boy. Mm-hmm. And even in the youth choir, I always was just a bad bitch. And I knew back then, <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I want to do this for real. And I love the Lord, but this ain't what I want to sing about. I want to get a pen and sing Destiny's Child. No, no, no. Bills, bills, bills. So it's it's ever since I was little. When I could talk, I was probably singing before I could talk. That is so funny. No, for that real. That boy said, I love the Lord, but I'm a bad bitch. I, like, come on now. You see the material. I, well, I mean, he made it. So, I mean, you know. And, and that's you thought what you thing. did. You know that what you did. That is another reason why I want a platform. Because people would tell you all the time. Like, I have people tell me, because I don't know if you have watched most of the show or even looked at my Instagram. I have moments where I really am extremely feminine. And people that just look at me crazy. Or I've actually had people walk up to me in the store and just be like, you're not going to heaven. And I'm just like, why? Because I'm gay. God made me. And I'm very talented, very lazy, but I'm talented. And if God didn't want me to have these talents, he wouldn't have gave them to me. I'm blessed. You can't tell me I'm not. Like, girl, please. So that's another reason why I want the platform, because I just want people to know this is not the 1920s, baby. Be yourself. Die that hair, wear them nails, wear them heels. Apply for that job, love that man out loud, and just be your damn self. 10 million percent. I love that message. Thank you. Can you describe the moment that you knew you were talented? Um, um, hmm. That's crazy. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Let me think. Let me say like five, six to think. Okay, let's, I know a moment where I knew in that moment I really had talent. Um, my song Candy turned two in December. Shout out to Candy. Shout out to Cut the Music and Backpack Shawty. Um, I recorded Candy in the studio. It was a freestyle. Everybody in the studio I used to record at, it's nothing but hood niggas. Love them down. Shout out to them. But I walked in there with my French tips, my little blowout. Then it was just men everywhere rolling blunts, just doing all kinds of stuff. I was like, ooh, child. Cover my little diamonds up, somebody snatched me, child. 
and I got on the mic and I started rapping and all the gang bangers, thugs, and hood niggas was just like, damn, you really, like, you spitting. So that made me feel good. We shot the video maybe about 30 days later. And as everybody was coming in to, like, you know, to prep for the video, everybody that I had in the video, the people that seen the things that I had been working on, Candy video, nothing in that video was real, except for like the Kool-Aid on the table and maybe one of the cakes. Everything else I hand created, hand painted, handmade for that video. And everybody was just in awe when they saw it. And I was like, damn, I really said, I did this shit. Like, I did this. And that was one of the defining moments in my career that made me say, I can't stop now. Because Candy was just for fun. Like, I, I figured... I could make candy something local, but the way everybody received that video and my art just made me feel so, 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 so warm. And that's a moment that I'm never gonna forget. That is incredible. I freaking love that story. I think that's probably my favorite answer I've gotten to that question, yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I love that. Now, do you think, tell me what the ratio was of your dreams being nurtured when you were growing up and you having to be your own cheerleader? Mm, okay, so, and a lot of times I look back, it's honestly my fault. As open as I am, when it comes to my art and it comes to the things that I do, I'm very, very private. And that's also a Virgo trait. I'm a Virgo, an August Virgo. And so I feel like... Yes, Virgo gang. Gang, gang. You're a Virgo too? When's your birthday? Absolutely. The 30th of August. Yes! We love a good August Virgo. Yes, God. Day day after Michael and three days before Beyonce. Period. You better know. Yes, God. Um, But yeah, so growing up, my mom and dad, even to this day, my mom and dad are my biggest cheerleaders and my music is really raunchy and every time I put a project out put a song out my parents are so upset because I don't ever share my music with them and I'm just like well it's not for y'all <laughs> but I appreciate <laughs> the support so growing up like I said my dad was a star athlete he played every sport and he played it well and we knew very early on <laughs> that was just not for me, honey. I was not finna run down the court and chase no ball. I didn't want to be slammed on the ground. I didn't want to kick nothing. I didn't want to run track. I wanted to dance. And I took my first dance classes at Shaw's Model and Talent when I was 12 years old. And Miss Shaw saw something in me. That next year at 13, I was teaching. And my parents were right there cheering me on and super proud of that moment. And even like now, even with my music, they. My dad sneaks and finds clips on Facebook. My mom, she doesn't do social media at all. But my dad is sneaking find clips on Facebook and he'll call me and text me and be like, champ, you did great on stage, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, well, who the hell showed you? I ain't had no clothes on, you know? So from young, my younger self up until now, my parents and my childhood, my grandparents, everybody has just really been super supportive of me 100% being myself.
Okay, so before we took our quick commercial break, you were telling me about the ratio of your dreams being nurtured versus you having to be your own cheerleader. Dive back into that for me. Okay, um, so basically, it was my childhood, uh, like I said previously, I have always been myself, my parents, um, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles have always nurtured me being me. No matter what I wanted to be, my parents were always there for it. And I've, you know, I've switched dreams several times. I even went to film camp one year and it was random. Like one of my friends said it was going, I said, mom, I want to do that too. That summer I was at USC, uh, University of South Carolina for film camp. So it's always been really easy for me to change my dreams and chase my dreams. And I mentioned previously before we went on commercial break that even to today, my parents still try to pour into me being the entertainer that I want to be any way they can from the sidelines. Because like I mentioned, um, they, I don't let my parents come to my shows because I'm cussing and twerking and half the times I don't have no clothes on and just talking about real crazy stuff. <laughs> and, and like, I just don't want to look out in the audience and see my mom and dad's face cheering with their, their smiles and tears in their eyes and the first four words to the song is, I'm a freak bitch, tastes like whipped cream vodka. Because it's just like, Word. girl, who raised you? <laughs> girl, who raised that, that is not my baby. Like, like, why are you? Excuse me? This I'm is not. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but like I said, oftentimes, because my uncle, one of my, my dad's older brother is like the biggest Daya Carter fan. Like my uncle is so in tune with everything I'm doing. And even before I started doing my own music, when I used to drag, my uncle would tell my dad like, y'all need to find some money and put that bitch on America's Got Talent because that's where it's at. And my mom and daddy just be like, we want to come to your shows. I'm like, girl, please. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. And so my dad will find ways to watch the shows and he'll just be, he'll call me be like, champ, I'm so proud of you. You look so good on stage. Da, 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 da. I'm just like, oh my Awkward. Not but, you, not 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 you watching me in my long ass weave that be tickling my ass crack. No literally, man. and proud mm-hmm. like that's no my dad's son. Even on my wedding day, I had baby dog curls in my hair. Um, these cute ass silver five inch sandals, silver toenail polish. I looked good. My daddy walked yeah. to me, and my husband at the time he said, "Champ, you look beautiful." I said, "Thank you, daddy." <laughs> <laughs> And that's, that's just how my relationship is with my parents. And I'm super thankful for it because if I didn't have them, child, the way the world and the internet would break my soul. Hello. Because of, and I like the words you use, the way that they nurtured my dreams growing up. I just really feel like I am my biggest competition, my only competition. And I'm the only thing that can really stop me, you know? Of course, I truly believe that. Um, you know, I definitely think that that's something that's needed when it comes to 
our dreams growing up is mm-hmm. true nurturing. I feel like that's something that I didn't get. So I always look for that story in other people and, you know, hope that other people got that because mm-hmm. it's so necessary and it's so needed. And I see how much the lack of that in my own life has affected my career. Mm. So I'm just like, it's just like, mm, I see where that, I, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. It starts at home, kids. It starts at home. For all the parents listening, right? Because the majority of my audience is grown as hell. So for the parents out there listening, <laughs> because most of y'all have children, mm-hmm. it starts at home. Yep. And even for you, like now that you recognize that that is something you feel you lack, you just make sure that you do everything in your power to support yourself. Like if you feel like you didn't have the person or the people or the upbringing or whatever it may be to back you in your dreams all you got to do is dream it like that's literally where it starts if you say I think I can do this just do it and if you don't if you don't succeed in whatever you're doing realize that you have tomorrow say okay that didn't work I'm gonna try something else and call it a day like a lot of people are afraid to fail a lot of people are afraid to mess up Child, please. I make a mistake every day. And you know what I do? Sleep well at night and wake up tomorrow and try again. I love that. Now, tell me about your songwriting process. How do you go about pinning your hits? Um, <laughs> so up until this last project, everything has either been a freestyle or I booked a studio session because I felt like I needed to get something off my chest. And I'm writing the song while driving. So dangerous. Don't text and drive, kids. But I'm writing the song while driving, typing it up at the red lights. So that was... Choosing violence. Exactly. That was the process before. But this last project, 27, that I put out, um, it basically tells the story of how my life went year 27. You know, that was my golden year. My birthday's August 27th. I turned 27 last year. And I took wow. August 27th of last year all the way to August 26th of this of 2022. And I took every experience I felt and I put it in the music. So a lot of that came from my heart. It wasn't really tough to write any of those songs. And a lot of those songs have hidden meanings that if you listen to them and you know the stories, like I know my friends, they're probably afraid to ask me about some of the stuff I'm talking about. But they, I know that some of them are just like, did you really just spell that nigga name in a song? But you hit it in the schools in the eyes? And I'm like, yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. So that was the process for this one. Just finding beats and talking about how I truly felt in that moment. I love that. Come on, uh, growth and evolution. We love that. <laughs> now... What were your first lyrics about? The first song I ever wrote is a song called Love Me. Um, And it was about (laughs) my ex-boyfriend, and I'm going to say his name because his name is in the song and I still perform it. My ex-boyfriend, Justin, is the first boy I ever dated. The first boy I ever liked. Um, We dated my 11th grade year of high school for nine months and then we broke up. And we saw each other randomly like two years later in a whole nother city. And we texted for probably like a week, but it didn't work, called it a day. And then we saw each other eight years later in the club. And I was standing with my husband at the time. 
And Justin walked past me. Justin walked past me and didn't speak. And that rubbed me the wrong way because, nigga, I was your first love. I don't give a damn if I'm with Barack Obama. Speak to me. So I'm I grabbed him. I said, what? The hell? And he was like, yeah. So why you speak? And then we exchanged numbers that night. And two months later, me and my husband had to go separate ways. And me and Justin talked on the phone every night for like two years. It was cool. And I wrote that song about our love story. The song was called Love Me. And the lyrics are, I love me the way that I love you. All of that. You've been my boo since high school. It's 10 years later. Let's make this thing work. If you want me to say your name to prove it, this is for Justin. Real ghetto. Real, very, very, very ghetto situation. Whoa. <laughs> Right. Whoa. Even though we on the run, they come on, like, come on. you niggas is out here. You come y'all on, about really? I, y'all I, about Somebody there, y'all was real queen and slim shit. Like I, have I like that. No girl. shame. I'm gonna put your name in the song and tell you this is for you, boo. What's up? Mm-hmm. And it was cute for a minute, and then we stopped talking again, and then we I, started I, talking again, and then we stopped talking again. Yeah, we was just texting. Last year on my birthday. So, who knows? Just <laughs> my real husband later on down the line, child. So, I don't even know who I should shout out at the end of this story. Should I shout out to your ex husband or should or should I shout out to Justin? Who should I send this shout out to? Because you only got one. Twenty twenty two. Neither. You know what? You absolutely right. Fuck both of y'all. Fuck y'all. But if you are gonna Fuck shout out somebody, I want you to shout out my ex. Never mind, because I was gonna do too much. And <laughs> say, so. I'm not even gonna put him on the spot like that. No way. I can't. Wait. I, I don't want your love to say trying to run up and get done up, child. So I'm gonna just ah! leave it at that. I cannot wait to follow up with you and hear about the DMs you receive after this episode comes out. Hey, I know Justin. this is crazy. Because I just saw both of them at a ball last week. Both of my favorite exes walked the ball together. I said, nah. I'm going nah, to I just saw my ex girl standing with my next girl standing with the girl that I'm fucking right now. Hello? You real Benji. I love that for you. I love that for you. Because you out here. I love that for you. Good for you. Only behind the scenes, though. That was a that was a Donovan move. That wasn't a Dale Carter move at all. Because Dale Carter was never. But Donovan said, let me put my little outfit on and drive up here and go to this ball and see what's going on. Donovan got good coach, too, don't he? Clearly. Yeah, okay. I understand. When I walk in the door. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Really enjoying this moment with you. I appreciate this. I love that. I I appreciate you for being here. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Like, it's supposed to feel like you just on the phone with your nosy ass friend. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it gives. So, Um, you know, I'm glad you're having a good time. Now, in that line of thinking, what's the realest thing you've ever written? Ooh. <laughs> um, to everybody listening, if you want the true answer to that question, stream my album 27 on all streaming platforms. The song is and called 333. And 333 is probably the realest song I've ever written because it, like, when I, that song tells a true story like it doesn't just paint a picture for the listener the way that song is written is exactly how it happened mm-hmm. so I think 333 is the realest body of work I've ever written 
Even down to, like I said, them background vocals, if you listen, yeah, that's it. Next question. <laughs> P, period. Stream the song now. Uh, <laughs> you finish, uh, when you finish this uh, podcast, the link to the song will be in the description of this episode. So uh, click and stream. Now, who are your top five vocalists? Because you're a singer. Top five vocalists would be Beyonce, Jasmine Sullivan, Tank, John Legend, and myself. I love a motherfucker that puts himself in his top five. I love that for you. You got to. I, a period. Like, people think it's crazy when they see, like, folks like, damn, um, Papoose do it. I was like, nigga, that's legendary. That's mm. iconic. That's mm. iconic. I, I relate. That, that's the fucking mood. State of being. Period. <laughs> Speaking of states of being, what are your thoughts on the current state of R&B music? Ooh. Oh. Uh, (laughs) it's really hard to listen to mainstream artists Mm -hmm. because I do not believe they are singing with passion anymore I think they are conditioned to sound passionate about what they're singing but they sing what's relevant they sing what everybody else wants to hear. Um, when it comes to R&B right now, I feel like the male R&B singers are still, you know, somewhat honest in their music. Like John Legend, I feel like John Legend really sings how he feels and about his situation. Um, but the main person I listen to for R&B would be Beyonce. Because I feel like for an R&B song to be a real R&B song, you have to know the instruments that you hear. You know, like the lyrics have to make sense you have to I need to feel it I don't just want to hear it but I want to feel it and for me personally I can't feel music where all the instruments sound like they came off of the computer Mm. like I love how Beyonce always includes horns in her R&B music you can hear the electric guitar she'll put an organ in a song and a lot of times people not putting organs in songs not a real one at least so I feel like R&B music is slowly yeah, people are barely into... putting hooks in songs nowadays. Right. Like, what is this? <laughs> I need a bridge. Take me to the bridge, Where? please. Where? Please Where? take me to the bridge. <laughs> They've jumped it. They've jumped Literally. There, there's no more bridge, girl. They burned there it. There is no more. They it burned the falling bridge. down. Like, they burned the bridge, girl. London's Where is the down. bridge? How y'all writing R&B music with no bridge? I don't understand, but you know, I write rap, so maybe I need to just mind my damn business and stay in my lane. No, but if you write rap, that means you know music. Exactly, and I don't never write a song with less than three verses. So come on, come on. Okay, y'all do interludes <laughs> and stuff. I need to. Where is the music? Everybody want to go viral on TikTok, and I just feel like that is not what music is about. Same thing with remixes. Like people that make remixes. Don't change the beat. Don't change the flow. No, baby, this is a remix. We want something new. Back in the day when you did a remix to your song, it was on a whole nother beat. And I miss that. Like, I am like I still get pissed at Billboard today that they changed that rule that, like, you can't stream... Uh, I, um, I, um, you, you can't stream a remix as 
the same song if it doesn't sound sound similar mm-hmm. because Ja Rule was running that shit up with J Lo. Baby, the the I'm real murder remix came out. What's my motherfucking name? Come on, oh. are you ready? They took they took it out and then they did it again on the Ain't It Funny remix. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, Ja and JLo was running up a check on Billboard Dot. Do you hear me? Like that is a remix. Change that whole beat. And like, shout out to Ashanti for singing all of JLo vocals. But let's talk you know, we're not gonna Oh, let's okay. not. Okay, because we want to. No, let's there. talk about it. Because this is the podcast today. Let's talk about it. Because I l- listen. I'm gonna real conflict. I'm gonna real conflicted place with J-Lo, right? Because mm-hmm. I love J-Lo. Especially early J-Lo. Like, I lived for the early J-Lo. Like, I was... She was the one. Like, beautiful back gal. in the day, she was the one. Beautiful gal. Touch the floor. And that's, and that's all Train I have Train out say. of the door. <laughs> beautiful gowns. That's, that's all I tights and all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I'm in a real conflicted place now that I go back and I realize like a lot of them vocals were stolen. Let's get into it with Tamar and Lady Gaga. Raw. Let- Tamar sounds a lot of Lady Gaga's background vocals. Because Vince okay. was Tamar man. I mean, Vince was Lady Gaga manager. And when mm-hmm. I found that out, I can literally hear Tamar in the songs. And I just be like, damn. It's crazy. Like, I was like, girl, what? Like, it always makes me go back to that moment when Tamar was on the reel. And she was like, what? What, what people really got fucked up is that I've always been in a position to have my own coin. And so people think that just because my husband got money, that I had money. No, ma'am. I, <laughs> she was like, Period. I would always have my own coin before Vincent D. Herbert, and, and I would have my um, own coin after Vincent D. After Herbert. And I was like, girl, yes, Herbert. I said, girl, yes, ma'am. Shout out to Teddy Ruskin. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, I I I just I'm real conflicted with J Lo because like I love her music but but I have a hard time listening to it like I can't listen to If You Have My Love anymore I have to listen to Shantae Moore's If I Gave Love now like mm-hmm. I can't I can't listen to to the song anymore and if you really for the children out there Come on. because most of my audience is grown most of my audience is 24 between 24 and 44. Mm-hmm. So y'all grown. Go back and listen to Shantae Moore's If I Gave Love. That bitch slapped. Yeah. You hear me? I cannot even listen to Jennifer Lopez's song anymore. Like that ver- the instrumentation that you were speaking about earlier is present. There's instruments, there's passion. There was mm-hmm. actual rhythm and blues, ribs and barbecue, ratchet and banjo. <laughs> present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always Man. known who Shantae Moore was, but it wasn't until maybe last month, month before last, I saw her performance at the Soul Train Awards. And, when and you I really got to do it? I was obsessed with that lady for literally 14 days straight. Like, I would wake up every morning and watch that performance. And I'm like, you are 54. And you mad at me, and I don't like that. Like, I can step my feet. And you been singing Shantae's got a man ever since, ain't you? Baby! Like, Howdy. I said, I should meet some, whatever she has for breakfast, because this lady is singing. She is running up these stairs real quick. She's doing a little bit of choreography. She's hitting these whistle notes. Like, I am 
in love with you. 14 you know days straight. Give it to me. You, you know what's going to gag you is when you go back and watch that episode of Girlfriends that William almost got married to Yvonne in. Mm-hmm. It's gonna fuck you up when you realize that the person singing love you. That was Shantae Moore. Never knew it. Catch team. Mm-hmm. Never knew That's it. That's gonna fuck. Now it's time for the coup de grace. That's French. Like, when we get fuck off him this, up. Yeah. <laughs> when we get off of this call, I'm definitely about to go listen to it. When I tell you, my co-workers were sick of me like, girl, play something mm-hmm. else. You done played the same six-minute YouTube video for the past three days, and that's okay because we got a living motor go through because I'm obsessed with this woman. Period. And we and really, I've been a fan of Shante Moore back in the day because I was in a different world fan. And mm-hmm. when you realize that the man that Shante was thinking about that she had at home was Dwayne Wade, yeah, Dwayne Wayne from a different world. That was Shante's man, Mr. Kadeem Hardison, Fantasia's daddy from the Lifetime movie. Girl. <laughs> Mm. Hold on, friend. My AirPod just passed away. Let me see if my headphones work. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, actually. Okay, awesome. But yeah, Chad, I was like, girl, not Kadeem Hardison, not Dwayne Wayne. Not I was on the plane with Dwayne. Home, child. Yeah. Ooh, cheap. Oh, shit. Oh, don't make me shout. Don't make me shout. Listen, Kadeem Hardison is one of those ones that... My husband might cut might cut me out over this episode. Sorry, babe. But because <laughs> he know, like, Kadeem is just one of them ones. Just like, you know, Ludacris is just one of them ones. Mm-hmm. Like, you always gonna be mad at me. Like, like my husband is just always gonna be mad at me about Ludacris. Sorry. Um, Sean Patrick Thomas. Always yeah, gonna be Sean. mad at me about Sean Patrick Thomas. Always. Sorry. Him, his dark skin and those white teeth. You are always gonna be mad at me about him. Sorry, babe. I love you, though. No, I think my celebrity crush would have to be Travante Rose. He played in, I think it was called Moonlight Bird Box. See, I don't even know if I have a crush. I think if like I was single and actually had the chance to have a whole face, because I've been with my husband since I was 19 and I, and you know, we're 31 now. Mm. So, you know, I don't, you know, child, we got a whole, you know, eight year old daughter, like, child, we grown, grown. So, you know, that whole whole phase thing, like that's gonna be a whole eat, pray, love, sex in the city. Oops, my husband just died on the Peloton on it. So, it's gonna be bad. Yes, on the Peloton. (laughs) Not sponsored, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yes. But um, I, you know, I just, you know, if I was ever in that phase, like they would, like if I was just ever out here in the celebrity world, there'd be people that I would just want to run through real quick. Mm-hmm. That, but Probably. none that I'm really crushing on. I can't think of. I have an actual celebrity crush. Do I have a celebrity crush in real life? You know what? It's always gonna be Rockman Dunbar for me. Mm, I'm like, not familiar with him. I have to Google him. Like, if you like, let's see. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. Okay, so you may you remember him as. Um, as um, Tasha Max man from the game, the one that oh. was security. Wait, hold on. The one he um curly hair, kind of like vanilla no, 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 no. a little bit. No, that was Rick Fox. That's the Rick one Fox. that she ended up cheating on him with. I don't remember him. Uh, okay. Uh, the game have you ever really seen Soul for the Series? Uh-huh. 
You didn't like the game? Mm-mm. That's I felt like they song. had Melanie acting too dumb. Tasha was so loud. Jason was married to that white lady. It was just so much going on on there for me. Listen, you ain't you ain't wrong. It was it, it, <laughs> that shit was very stereotypically, classically typical. All of that stereotypically stereotyped. And the girls are gonna cancel me for saying that because they love the game, child. They were so glad when the game rebooted. They love when Brandy got on there. I was just like, y'all, I don't see it. Girl, they didn't send the girl. You ain't gonna get no smoke off of this episode, child. They don't dare send the smoke over here for some reason, bitch. I'd be over here asking for smoke. Don't okay. nobody come for me. And I got your bed because now you're my nosy best friend. Period. Like you, you watched the Boondocks, right? Now that I did see. You remember the episode? It's my favorite episode. The attack of the killer kung fu wolf bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one where. The one where Granddad met the girl off of the internet and she came and stayed for the weekend and she ended up being like that psycho ass bitch. That do sound very familiar. Well, if you go back and watch that episode, there's a girl who she keeps calling in the episode and she's real loud and banjee in her Bluetooth headset, who was played by Tashina Arnold, AKA Pam on Martin, AKA Rochelle from Everybody Hates Chris. Yes. Yes, that's me in your head today. You're the you, you're the killer kung fu wolf bitch and I'm the friend that's in your Bluetooth headset telling you that what you need to do is go back in there and torture his ass until he mm-hmm. That. It's very Living that. Forward. Yeah, that's the type of relationship that I try to have with my guests. Yes, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Now, describe the moment that you that you would feel that you've made it as an artist. Of course, when I get my, you know, my feature from Beyonce, my feature from Megan. But before that, if in six months I can say I am so booked, I don't have the time to work. Ain't nine to five. That's when I would know I finally. I live for that answer because I think that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is turn this passion project into my nine to five. So once I perpetuate that into, you know, selling this or like turning this into something else or, you know, whatever. Well, I won't. I ain't gonna speak of what I'm working on. Y'all just stay tuned. Anyway. What is R&B music missing right now? Um, R&B music is missing passion. Like, I feel like everybody does everything for a dollar. And back in the day, <laughs> people was getting written bad contracts and still putting their heart into their music. These days, you don't even have to have a contract. You just need to have a viral moment on TikTok. Period. And I what feel I like say nowadays, all music is missing just the, the passion. Like, there's no passion in anything that we do. I agree. I think that, you know, I used to like, like what I always say is like, people ain't singing for their lives no more. Like, I mm. think the last mm, girl that yes. was really out here, like, like to me, the last girl that was really out here singing for her life was Kay Michelle. 
she was the last one that was really out here singing for her life, child. Like, 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 child. she was, she was singing to feed her child, child. She, she, she was singing to pay rent, child. She was singing to stay yep. up pole, child. And yep. girls ain't like that no more. Like, oh. girls just don't, girls ain't doing it no more. Not only do girls not sing like that no more, but girls ain't also passionate like that no more. That's because everybody high and drunk. Everybody high and drunk, up and doing whatever. Everybody got a quick auto tune. Everybody got a quick pitch career. Everybody got, yes. you know, everybody just looking a flight to, to build DR something book to go get their body done. Nobody's looking. Yes. You know, everybody Nothing going to get really the package. We live in social media times, but nothing's real. Mm-hmm. Period. Do you want to play a game yep, with me really I quick? Agree. Yes, let's play a game. Period. You've heard of the game This or That, right? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. You've heard of This or That, right? Yes. Can you hear me? Hold on, let's try yeah, this. Yeah, but I'm getting a de- yeah, but I'm getting a delay. Like, like, like it, it, it's. Seems like you're hearing me way after I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, I don't know if it's gonna try this. Okay, does this sound regular? Um, yes. Can you hear me better now? Hello. Yes. Okay, period. Um, you've heard of this or that, right? I sure have. Okay, see. So, would you rather buy jewelry or buy property? Buy property. Get your body done or stay natural? Get my body done, honey. I'm lazy. Go off. I love that for you. <laughs> Sign to a label or stay indie. <laughs> and I would like I'd be so real about it. Like it's not even a secret. I ain't even gonna get up here and act like who I worked so hard for this. I had Keisha KRT. No, ma'am. The money came. <laughs> I did what needed to be done, and now I look great. Here you go. And if you got the funds, go do it too if you want to, because it's your life. I absolutely live for that. Absolutely live for that. Would you rather sign to a label or stay indie? Um, I'm signed to the label. Cause I ain't got no money. And doing this all by myself has been crazy. Like kudos to me. I'm proud, but girl, I wanna work smart, not hard. I totally feel you on that. Do you prefer a ballad or do you prefer an up tempo? From me or from other artists? I'll say both. From me, I prefer something up tempo but I love a good ballad from any other artist 
Okay. I love that. Would you rather get a rapper for your feature or would you rather get a singer? I would rather have a rapper. And I'm actually looking for a masculine LGBTQ plus rapper. But I just feel like everybody, we all like how you said, everybody want to be the girl. Who want to be the boy? Everybody want to be the girl. <laughs> Period, though, no shame. Um, me, like, I tried to get into my ass bag on, in some of my songs, but I just be like, girl, shut up. I feel like for me personally, if it's just me talking to myself, that's when all of the math comes out. But if I'm interacting with the girls, then I play off of their energy and then that's when the full-blown butch queen pops out. Like, I fag out around the girls. But when I'm by myself, that's when the quote-unquote right. trade comes out. It's so funny. It's, I tell people all the time, I dress like a girl, I talk like a girl, I even act like a girl. But I really do think like a boy like, I'm not going to get outside and change your oil for you, but I know when the oil needs to be changed, and I'm going to go ahead and pay for it to get done. You know? Like, on the inside, I am a nigga. I just look like a girl. I absolutely love that for you. <laughs> that is tea. For me, I think I'm the opposite. I think for me, I <clears throat> move and present more mask on the outside even though on the inside I full I full blown think like a woman but but on the outside it's just very mask and very like fuck boy aesthetic it's very funny now wait we need a good twister every now and then I love that for you I do what I can <laughs> Would you rather be in a group or stay a solo artist? Stay a solo artist. Love that. Well, you know what? I take that back because, well, no, I would stay a solo artist, but I do have two sons that do music, um, Zari and King Top. And I would love in the future for us to do like a joint tour together. Okay. But as far as like be in a music group, I don't like when too many people have opinions on one dish. You know, you need one cook in the kitchen. You can't have too many cooks because this shit ain't gonna never taste right, you know? I agree personally. And it took me a long time to come to that realization. I used to be the person they that like used used to want to be in the boy band so bad but eventually I realized I just do better as a solo artist and I need to just chase the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to and mind my damn business exactly because mm-hmm. I felt the same way in the beginning like if we all work together we can all promote and your fans will be my fans no, it's too much when you work with a group because somebody gonna feel like 
just not equal or somebody could feel like everybody's not pulling their own weight like no I'd rather just if it ain't broke don't fix it I ain't never been in a boy group before and I'm doing good by myself so I'm gonna keep it going. I feel you on that to be honest would you rather go on tour or would you rather have a residency Tour. Tour, tour, tour. I love, I love that. Would you rather do a sexy video or a serious video? Mm-hmm. As in two months, when I learned to back up the table and finished my 21 day challenge that I've started over three times this year. Uh, that's so funny. I love that for you. God bless you. God bless. You. So what? So what day on which challenge are you on? Like, like I really don't want to do a sexy video. Okay, so we started the twenty-one day challenge over again on Monday, and literally it's just me going to the gym for twenty-one days. I saw two of my friends do it last month, and I can see the results. And I'm the type of person where I have to see it to believe it, and I see the results. So I said, I'm going to really try it now that y'all 21 days is up. We are on day three of 21 days. And after I finish this interview with you, I'm going to get a tattoo. Then I have rehearsal. And then after that, I am going to the gym for day four. Now, am I going to make it to day five? We have to stay tuned and see. But for right now, I do plan to make it to day four. Making it one day at a time is all we can ask. You know, that's what I said. And if you mess up, you got tomorrow. Start up tomorrow. <laughs> Period. Now, my last this or that is, would you rather win a Grammy or win a Soul Train Award? I would rather win a Soul Train Award. Um, of course, the media makes us feel like the Grammy is the more prestigious award. But after Beyonce lost album of the year more than once, the Grammys is not real. Stop playing. Not the Grammys is not real, child. But I do agree with you, though. No sure. They are not real. One of the voters literally did an interview and said, he said he did not vote for Beyonce because he felt like the world stopped every time Beyonce dropped. So my thing is, you're trying to humble her. It's not about her music. It's not about her sound. It's not about her creativity. It's not about her album. It's about how you personally feel about her. No, I could care less for a Grammy at this point. If I get one, great. That's awesome. I would love that. I would love to be the second most awarded Grammy award winner in history. But if I'm not, it's okay. Give me the something Award for my people. We in Black History Month. Don't play with me. Notice how nobody's ever come out and said that about Taylor Swift or Adele. But they stop the world every time they drop a legend. So, I'm not really pressed. It's a, it's a great honor. It's an honor to have any award, whether it's the Columbia, South Carolina Gay Entertainer Award. Thank you for thinking of me. But if it comes down to it, I would much rather have a Soul Train Award because I feel like I would get that fair and square. 10 million percent. Now, let's jump back into reality TV a little bit. 
What made you join the cast of My Lifestyle and what was the casting process like for you? So, so when Carol, the producer, the executive producer, reached out to me, um, I was in the process of getting ready for Pride season. I know I had a lot of shows coming up. And one of the biggest ways to, you know, pop, make it in this industry is having content to post. And so when he presented the opportunity, I was like, oh my God, this would be a perfect way to have somebody come and record everything I do for free. And that'll give me a reason and a and just a plethora of things that I can post. So that was my number one thing. Secondly, I just really liked how Kel presented the idea to me. Like he was very, very knowledgeable of who I was, and he sounded super sure and super excited of his plan. And I just felt like that was great because it's not often where you meet people who are willing to literally have to do the most. Like it takes a lot to put a show together. It takes a lot to edit. And I've known that from being on set, shooting three to five minute music videos. So I'm just like, okay, you want to do a whole like season of a TV show? That's crazy. I got your back. Um, so that was super exciting. That was super cool. And the casting part, meeting the rest of the cast was super cool as well um i mentioned a couple times on the show justin and i knew each other previously we met at an audition to open up for tank and then i did a showcase a few months after that i asked justin to come out and open up for me he did a good job there um dre and i i had been facebook friends already we've never seen each other in person before but i think we literally added each other two weeks before we met on set and had no idea we were going to be on set together and then ramain was my son so, or is my son, I should say. At the time, him and I weren't speaking. But when I found out Romain was the fourth cast member, I was like, this is crazy. It was meant to be. So I had a blast. This whole season, filming, prior to, all of it. Can't wait for season two. I love that. So, what do you take away from the reception of the audience now that the show has been airing? You know, I, it's hard to say because I've honestly really, 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 really enjoyed this process. I've enjoyed every comment, the negative, the positive. Um, and I feel like the audi- our audience is our family. Like we have some people who tune in every week when the show premieres at 8 p.m. And I just know on the other the end of the YouTube screen, whether it's a phone, tablet, or TV, they got their glass in their hand because at some point somebody gonna say something and we gonna make it So, like last week the joke was unfortunate. Somebody was in the comments talking about our cast and they used unfortunate instead of less fortunate. So for the rest of the night Unfortunate was the word. Every time somebody said unfortunate, I know I was taking my shot. And I feel like my my lifestyle cousins was on the other end of the TV taking their shots too. Like I really, really enjoyed the interaction that I have received from our viewers. Somebody literally wrote me yesterday, another Virgo. Shout out to her because I'm pretty sure she's gonna watch it because she says she's tuned into everything that we do 
And she was like, you know, I really, I like you on this show. I'm a Virgo, got it going on. Da, 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 da. I'm just like, I love you, ma'am. Let's eat for drinks. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That is so cute. Now, in hindsight, going through this experience, <laughs> do you think that you would rather bring a friend on camera or make a friend on camera, knowing what you know now? I, I would like to make a friend on camera um, because I've bought several friends on camera that I'm no longer friends with. So it's just, and I also realized that reality TV is so super personal. Um, and a lot of times stuff can happen, and now you got strangers in your business. <laughs> and not only do you have strangers in your business, you have to relive these moments over and over again. Like it was conversations that were had, had months ago where issues had been resolved, and then three months later, four months later, they're showing up on the show and now it's a whole different issue again. So I, other than for the next show that's coming out, um, anything else I do on screen, I have to have full control over it. Okay. Now, looking back over I the season. I wish shooting a documentary a reality oh. series on I'm sorry go ahead no um, you were saying about a uh, um, documentary go ahead so we're shooting a, a new series it's not going to be as long as my lifestyle but it's called The Dale Carter Experience and it's about me putting my shows together for I'm about to go back on Pride Tour basically that's what I'm calling it all the way down from me hiring a new assistant to new dancers and I like that it's, it's still reality TV because it's very what's the word I'm looking for it's very freeform to the people that I have involved but everybody that is involved I'm handpicking so I have a, a little bit of control over what is said and done on TV because I'm 100% representing myself at this point so I, I've learned a lot being on my lifestyle this past year. And I'm just, I'm really thankful because it's really preparing me for the future. Like me and my kids, we make the joke all the time about how some of us just do not have media training. Some things you just cannot do insight on camera. And some things you just can't do insight in public because you never know when the camera is watching. That is very true. What do you think looking back on your time on the show that you've learned from seeing yourself on television? I have learned that I am country as hell. <laughs> and no matter how much I try to turn the country off, babe, she's country. And so I'm learning to stand in it. Like, I don't want to call switch no more. This is who I am. I'm from South Carolina. My family is from something. My mama from Maryland, but I've never been to Maryland. I've spent most of my time with my countryside of the family. And that's what makes me me. Um, I've learned that no matter 
how good you think you do, no matter how hard you work, no matter how impressed you are with something. Some people you just really cannot impress. Like Kel has been showing his ass with the editing of our show. I think it looks amazing for this to be his first time doing this, for this to be our first season. Um, I know the cast members personally, so I know them as people and not just as characters. And then to read some of the comments that people make about the show, I just be like, ugh, you just really can't please everybody. And that's probably the, the biggest takeaway of this experience. Like, just knowing it's not always you. Sometimes it's other people just not being happy in themselves, you know? 10 million percent. So on the flip side of that, what do you think has been the most fulfilling or the most rewarding thing for you to film during your time on the show so far? Um, I really, really enjoy filming my birthday party. Um, mm. And that's what's happening. I'm so vain. But it's not because it was about me, but it was because it was the moment. Like... All of my kids were there and they looked amazing. And the whole purpose of my birthday party was I wanted to see black people dressed up and not going to a funeral or going to court. And so I hosted the Derek Carter Awards this year and it was like Grammy themed. I had performers, we had food. I gave out awards to all the important people in my life and everybody looked the part. Like everybody looked so good. My coworkers came, my cousins came, my friends came. My Instagram followers came. My kids bought their friends. And everybody looked so good. And I'm just glad I was able to capture that on film and be able to look back at it. That is incredible. How do you think your show stands up to and stands apart from the other shows in the web reality space? Um, to answer that, honestly, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but Love that. I feel like what would make our show different is it's not about drama. Like a lot of people push reality by pushing the drama, pushing the negativity. And yeah, Justin and I went back and forth a couple of times and we talked about things that were, you know, risque, but it was never about the drama. We were being a real Selves. And sometimes in reality TV, you can tell when there's an agenda being pushed. Like you want the viewers to be sucked into the drama, be sucked into the negativity, be sucked into the cheating and the lies. And that's not what our show was about. Do you feel that the person that the audience is receiving from the show is the same person that you're presenting on camera? Like, is the person that I am on the show who I really am? Is that what you're saying? Do you feel like the audience is receiving the real you? Yes, 100%. The only thing that may be a little different if you meet me in person, <laughs> my hair not always done. 
I love that. Because I just don't care. Like, I, I'm i human. And sometimes I do not feel like putting that heat to my hair, y'all. So I'm going to pull it back in the bun. And other than that, I use the F word a lot. That's my favorite cuss word. And I've really been trying not to say the F word on TV. <laughs> but it comes out so freely, especially when the kitchen is on fire, child. Oh, my God. But those are the only two things that I feel like I change when the camera comes out. Saying the F word and trying to make sure I look like something. But other than that, I am myself. Totally get that. What do you most look forward to seeing unfold this season? Um, I'm ready to see how we all interact with the new cast members. Um, I want to see if they can follow the My Lifestyle trend of being real, being authentic, and not doing things specifically for views. Like, I don't want, well, I hope we don't add people to the cast that feel that fighting again. Just acting crazy is the way to go viral and pop because... I'm not going to be the person to do that because I'm not entertaining it, you know? So I'm excited to see how the new people that come on bring their story to light without having to do the cliche thing of bringing the drama, bringing the mix. 100%. What do you think doing reality television has taught you about people? Hmm... Mainly, like I said, like people, you really just cannot please everybody. Somebody commented one time and said, Justin and Dale can't sing. And I said, okay, people just lying. <laughs> and mm. that's when I realized you cannot please everybody. So don't try. Just as long as you're happy with whatever you produce at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Absolutely. What do you think is... What do you think is the biggest misconception about you? Mm-hmm. We just talked about this at work today. I think a lot of people see me and see how I carry myself and automatically think that I'm just stuck up. I'm a bitch. Not even I think that. That's what people tell me all the time. Somebody literally told me at work yesterday, you know, when I first met you because of how you walk around you just seem so self-centered. And I'm just like, it's confidence. I'm confident. And I don't have to walk around with my head held down. And once people know me, like my opening statements, they realize I'm a damn fool. I just like to have fun. I like to laugh. I like to hear. I like to joke. I like to sing. Um, and not always in performance mode. Like I invite people to my house out of time to just sit on the couch, pick up a mic, and let's, have, let's, let's do karaoke. And I feel like that's the biggest misconception that people have with me when they meet me. They just think I'm just this stuck up uppity bitch. <laughs> um, that's crazy. What do you tell your younger self in retrospect? I tell young me that I'm proud of me because there were a lot of times where it would have made sense to give up. Like when I tell you I've made a lot of mistakes and I blame my son and I hate when other people say that, but as a Virgo, a lot of the things I do 
I know it's because I'm a Virgo. I feel like I'm invincible. I feel like I always know what's best. I feel like I'm super calculated. And no matter how many times you calculate this, you're going to get it right. And then the next day I come be like, oh shit, but well, that didn't really make no sense. So I was just, I tell me, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of me for continuing the race and not giving up. Because I told myself, if I went famous for music by the time I was 25, I was going to stop. But 2 Chainz didn't get famous till he was 42. So why would I stop? Period. And how do you want to be remembered? Meaning more so like, how do you want, like, what do you want your stamp on the music industry to be specifically? I want to be remembered as an entertainer. Like, I don't want to be remembered as a singer, a rapper. I don't want to be remembered as a gay singer, a gay rapper. I want to be remembered as an entertainer. Every time they're caught to hit this stage, it was a party. I was wild. I was shook. I was shocked. I was excited. Absolutely love that. My last question for you is, where can the people find you? What's next for you and all the things that you'd like to promote? To make it simple, everything, everywhere is Daya Carter. D-A-Y-A-C-A-R-T-E-R-R. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, everything <laughs> is Daya Carter. Um, I just released my album two weeks ago, 27, on January 27. Please make sure you stream it. Like I said, it's never about the money. It's about the experience. I want y'all to listen to the album from top to bottom. It's literally only 38 minutes. I didn't want to give y'all too much at once. I want y'all to be able to sit through it. And a lot of people have told me that the album is a no-skip album. Like I did a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of R&B, a little bit of rap, a little bit of pop, a little bit of disco, a little bit of gospel, something for everybody. So y'all please go stream that music. Um, bookings are starting to roll in. If you were in the South Carolina, Aiken, Georgia area, I am one of the headlining entertainers for Charlotte Black Pride and for Augusta Main Pride this year. So please, if you're in the area, come out and support. It's free to get in. I'm going to drop those dates on my Instagram as soon as I have them. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it. And just for yourselves, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. If you don't put you first, if you don't think you're the greatest, how do you expect somebody else to think that you are the greatest? Period. On that note, children, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in. And I want to extend a special, special thank you to my guest, Daya Carter, for blessing the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. You were amazing. Like, the questions, the attention to detail, the just everything this has been a great experience and i'm so thankful to you for rescheduling with me because 
we are now each other's nosy best friends. So I expect Christmas cards and birthday gifts and I'm going to do the same in return. <laughs> Absolutely, period. Well, I mean, our birthdays are like three days apart. So like we have to have a joint birthday party now. So <laughs> I'm here for it. Damn. Yes, I'm completely here for it. Yes, God. So, listeners, if you all heard that, you're all invited to this year's party. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. But until then, I want to remind mm-hmm. every single one Stay of you tuned. guys. Exactly. Very that. I want to remind every single one of you guys to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message and misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. going on everybody brian k james here and i'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by outlander media network outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web from the farthest reaches invading your space we appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness.